You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. You know, Bruce, we've had all these guests over the last four or five podcasts we've done, and now it's just the two of us. How you doing today? I mean, normal day, yeah. Healthy and alive, yeah. Same as it always is, you know. It always comes back to that. Everybody wants to come on. Everybody wants to get some mic time, and then poof, they're gone. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. You know, it's like a, it's almost like a one night yeah, stand. But, you know, it's, it's, it's almost yeah, like yeah, one yeah. Night well, it's like, hey, thanks. Yeah, uh, to hear other voices. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's great to have other people on uh, and give different perspective. Uh, but today, you uh, you as the listener, you just get the two of us. Uh, so we will uh, do our best as we always do. We don't really have a whole lot to talk about today, although I do say that quite often, don't I? The the days that I say, oh yeah, we really don't have that much, and then it's like. Boy, we're out of time. <laughs> we have to go. Uh, anyway, COP26. We talked about it yesterday just a little bit. You know, the hypocrisy and everything that was going on with it. Thank goodness we're not the only people that are asking questions about it. A GOP senator demands to know Biden's carbon footprint for the trip to the climate summit. Well, Senator, that makes two of us. The Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee ranking member John Barossa, uh, Barrasso? Barrasso, Barroso, whatever. Barrasso has called for detailed information on the carbon footprint of Joe Biden's trip to the COP climate summit in Scotland, labeling it bloated and counterproductive. I completely yeah. concur. He says if Biden's staff cannot go to work here in the U.S., they should not be permitted to extend to attend extravagant conferences across the globe. I completely concur. They don't do anything in the U.S. Why in the world should we be paying? Quite frankly, how many millions do you think that trip cost to send him and his entourage and and all those vehicles and everything else Mm -hmm. halfway around the world? Yep, that was a lot. And to to have them transport the 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 thing about transport, it is transport fuel ah. security measures in all these places that they had to send people from the Secret Service months ahead of time mm-hmm. to Which, clear. Uh, also, we're supposed to be in shortage. Like we're we're like supposedly having shortages right now with oh, yeah. Um, yeah yeah supplies and gases uh, up and prices. Uh, we have thousands of people coming across our borders daily uh, illegally. And um, he sees fit to go over there. And by the way, the the climate change stuff, nonsense that was going on. Yeah. You know how Trump pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accord? Um, Did you know that we actually did all the tenants that was required of lowering our CO2 emissions? Do you know we've already done that? And no, passed no, no their requirements. I, no, that can't be. That mm-hmm. that can't be. See, mm-hmm. the thing about the Paris Climate Agreements. See, that was just that was just a commitment to say that you were going to do those things. And then now that you've done that, well, see, that's just really that's a signpost. Really, it's just a it's a mile marker in your in your overall roadmap to commitment to reducing carbon emissions in the world. Now, see, once you've reached the agreements in the uh, what, how do they put it the uh, the, the climate change goals. Once you reach those goals, see, now there's a new set of goals that you have to yeah. meet now. So now that you've been willing to come this far, well, maybe you can go just a little bit further. The ever-moving goalpost. The the question I have on that one is, um, 
why were we in the climate accord that was going to cost us a bunch of money, by the way. It legitimately was going to cost us a bunch of money because we would have been uh, spending money on inefficient things, things that were not needed. Because we managed to meet that plus another 20 some percent, close to 25 percent uh, reduction from what they were wanting. And it didn't cut. Well, I'd, I'd say it didn't cost us as much, but we did end up spending seven to nine trillion dollars last year on on COVID. And that was part of the reason that our emissions are down. So I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, well, according maybe to the world, economic how you forum, look at it. Yeah. According to the world economic forum, that was a good thing. The noise pollution mm. was down by more than 50% in most major cities around the world because you locked down. That was a good thing. According to them, that that's, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I, I I'm on this, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe this is just a quirk of me, but um, I like to, to, to have things more efficiently done. We can find solutions to more efficient cars, more efficient batteries, more efficient generators, all kinds of things that can be more efficient. We can build houses more efficiently and so on and so forth. But you just let the free market figure it out. You let I want them graphene. I want graphene batteries. That's what I want. I, I want. I want graphene infused batteries. I want a battery that will last me a month. Okay. That's what I want. I, I don't want something that's going to last me four hours. I want a month. Do you understand? That's what I want. I want innovation and the free market to take us there. That's what I want. And it's a lot cleaner than the lithium ion batteries. Exactly. Exactly. And it can be repurposed every bit of it. In addition to the staggering cost of the conference, uh, this is again, this is the GOP senator. I am concerned that what appears to be a bloated U.S. delegation, (laughs) bloated, you see that caravan? (laughs) Bloated. Three quarters of a mile long for one guy. Yeah. Bloated. Give me a break. Uh, he says that uh, this will prove the counterproductive. Yeah, okay. Uh, to the cops mission. Okay, whatever. Uh, which the whole thing was hypocrisy anyway. Well, we talked about that yesterday. Uh, he continued, these commitments strike a tone of insincerity as a majority of COP26 delegates will have contributed a significant amount of carbon emissions to attend COP26. Again, the number of decrepit, degenerate people that were there that flew on their uh, their private jets and their boats and, you know, their cars and all their entourages and their staff and everything else. They created more CO2 emissions just to get their sorry behinds there than the entire country that they're holding the conference in created in an entire year. Don't you think that's just a little bit counterproductive? Maybe just a little? World leaders attended. How many world leaders do we have? How many countries do we have? What is it, like 193 or 194 or something like that? 196? Something? Yeah, just shy of 200. Something, yeah. yeah, it's just shy of 200. Yeah. There were 20,000 world leaders there. How on earth do we have 20,000 world leaders? How's that even possible? Well, you, you bring the world leader and then all their aides and counterparts. and Those people don't know, do anything. Really, they don't do anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, did you see, did you see Bi- how Biden I, slept through half of it? Charles Tripp I, I getting up say, on the stage. Yeah. You know, I you, I agree with you. Biden's not doing anything, as you said. The aides are doing everything. Actually, the country is being ran by other people. At this I, point. I literally think that it's the aides that are running the country. I I really do believe that because it's certainly not him. I mean, hell, the guy doesn't even know where in the world he's at. He said the Pope was some famous African American baseball player to his face. <laughs> to his face. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, it's just oh, unbelievable. The, uh, as a, as a okay. Uh, I had this thought when this went down when I first watched the video and I didn't I didn't express it. But uh, hear me on this one. I'll give I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for a moment. Perhaps we misheard. And what he meant to say was this is from the 
greatest African-American ba- baseball player because he oh. gave him something. Yeah, he did you give know, him and yeah. we didn't we didn't see what it was that he gave. So maybe True. it was a gift from that person. And he just stumbled over his words like Joe does. And that's what he actually meant was, is this is from because he can't remember his name of who the, the greatest African-American baseball player is. He couldn't remember the name. So he just handed. I can tell you the, who it was. I can tell you who it was. At least in my humble opinion, it was Jackie Robinson. I wouldn't know. I'm not a just sports guy, as so. a as a baseball fan, or as a close second, Hank Aaron, maybe. Yeah, Hank Aaron. Everybody knows. You know the name at least. You know you know the names. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Barrasso described it as perplexing that the summit wasn't held virtually. Yeah, I agree. Given the fact that everyone else in the world has had to conduct remote meetings during the pandemic, people are still conducting remote meetings. Mm-hmm. They're still doing that. They're still being told, "No, you can't go to the office." Oh, don't worry. Uh, the new metaverse is going to fix all that, right? Yeah, the the new the new Facebook thing. Uh, yeah. Microsoft announced today they're going to do a metaverse too. Uh, they they're going to they're going to do everything. They're going to incorporate it into their Microsoft Teams, which is what all the major corporations are using already anyway. Yeah, their office suites. You know what's funny? We 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 already have a, a free metaverse. It's already out there, and it's been out there for years now. Uh, like what we're it's doing called here. VR chat. Well, yeah, there is. No, it's called VR chat. It's literally everything that they're saying. That's literally what they're making is it's a social environment that you can use VR with and you can create your own office space. It's literally what you do in VR chat. You can do the same thing. They've just took the idea and are are making a a corporate thing and saying, oh, this is the metaverse. They They might provide better tools, but. Yeah, but eh. they beta tested it on the gaming community. That's that's what they did. That was their beta test. And now they're moving it to the business world. But potentially. It's the same. It's the same. Did you see the one that Zuckerberg put together? So the metaverse thing that he, that he put together. Okay. You saw the promo video or at least I part of it. Ad, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. At least part of it. First of all, that is just cringeworthy to watch him. Okay. I, I just, I don't like him. Okay. I, I don't like him. I don't like his presentation. He's dry. He's a, he's a nerd. Okay. He, he's a college bookworm nerd. He's an android. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. If you want to go there with it. Yeah. I saw the yeah. meme of him sitting in a dressed up like data from Star Trek <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the, yeah. the uniform and the pale skin yeah. and everything and the yellow eyes. Yeah. But yeah. I don't like him. It's just like Bill Gates. I don't like Gates. I don't I don't like uh, the, these people of these companies. I don't like them. They're terrible spokespeople. They could have hired somebody to come in and present that. Yes. But more than that, <laughs> it's not like they don't have the money. Yes, exactly. It's not like they don't have endless supply of capital here. But more yeah. than that, as I'm watching this this presentation, I, I feel like I, I first first and foremost, OK, if that's what you want to do, you go right ahead. I don't want any part of that. OK, I, I'm all about the real world. I live in reality. I don't want to live in some fantasy land that these idiots create. OK. That's the first thing. The second thing, as soon as I saw it, it, it's like watching a Nintendo Wii. You remember the Nintendo Wiis? You Mm -hmm. know, the little characters you have that play like the bowling and stuff like that? That's Mm -hmm. exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. I'm like, what does does anybody not find a problem? I mean, with like all this cartoony, bubbly garbage? Like, aren't we adults? Are are we not adults? No, actually, my um, I've always contended for a long time um, that adults are just grown up children. I mean... We have become that, haven't we? We have literally become that. You know, you and I wanted I to do say a podcast. we've become that. I think we've always been that. I think humans have always been that. You're you're just grown up. You're you're grown up children. That's just, yeah, maybe. You you're, you're children with more responsibilities now. That, that that's maybe. all it is. You know, I uh, I remember that you and I wanted to do a podcast on this several years ago before the world went to hell. Uh, we wanted to do a podcast on have adults become children. I haven't forgotten that. And one thing after another just came up and we never did get around to it. But you know what? 
I think we might have to do it now <laughs> after seeing this metaverse <laughs> garbage. I think we yeah. might have to do it. Uh, so we're going to have to do some research into that. Uh, but we know probably as much as you know out there that have seen it thus far. They're really not talking. Uh, the only thing mm -hmm. that we've seen thus far is... Uh, I did see today that Facebook is eliminating their facial recognition stuff because of privacy and data concerns and all that stuff. So they are removing that completely. That's gone. Probably one of the big things about Metaverse that that concerns me is um, as, as someone that um, enjoys anonymity of the online world, I like to to be able to go on and interact with people and not reveal real me, right? Facebook doesn't allow that. Microsoft's metaverse is not going to allow that either. Absolutely. It's not. going to be tied to the real you. And I, I don't I don't like that because if you, uh, as an example, if you get in a conversation online and you happen to take any of the stances that we take here and it's tied to the real you, you could have your entire life, livelihood, everything shut down just over just over uh, basic freedom of speech. Common sense doesn't matter. Um uh, you can you can be shut down because of that. They're they're proposing a new bill in the UK that's on this line that it's on these lines that if you cause any psychological, emotional, or physical harm to someone because of something you said online, you will go to prison. Yeah, but they're also making the same arguments now about people that are saying disinformation about COVID-19 in the UK, for example. So if you say any disinformation That's about part of it. any of it, then and to this point, kind of tying this all together, how long is it? Because we know that Twitter are already starting it. Facebook are already starting it. How long before they start taking the same stances about people that criticize climate change. That's that's part of it. That bill, it also talks about misinformation in there, that you could be prosecuted for misinformation. And the way it's worded, it's just misinformation. It's not misinformation about COVID or the climate or any of it. It's just misinformation, period. So if you're talking, literally, this, this would be considered misinformation. If you're quoting stats or statistics, and it is 32.9%, um, okay? And you say in your post, 33%. You are spreading misinformation. It's a bit extreme, isn't it? Uh, how, how, where does the line stop? That's a good point. I mean, it is literal these days. Yeah. So also in attendance at the uh, the climate summit. Actually, did, you know what? Before we get to that, did you see CNN? Did, did you see that uh, CNN was there? Wolf Blitzer put out this thing. He's sitting in front of like Edinburgh Castle and they've got the set all set up. Uh, CNN, they're not having the conference in Edinburgh. It's actually in Glasgow. What, why are you in Edinburgh? What, why wouldn't you just drive the extra 30 minutes down the road? Do we have any news agencies there getting like live footage? The Washington Post is there. Sky News UK okay. is there and a couple other outlets. I, I'm assuming that all the press okay. is there. I, I'm assuming they're all there. I don't know why CNN decided that they were going to hang out there in Edinburgh. Why would you do that? I mean, you're flying halfway around the world. You're moving an entire studio. Why, why wouldn't you just drive the extra 30 minutes and catch the, you know, the the, the degenerates coming out of the uh, the conference talking about nothing? Why, why don't you just do that? I don't know. I, I, that, I, I, it, I don't know. From a production standpoint, it, it, it doesn't make any sense unless you're intending to cover only statistics and numbers and go over uh, uh, even if you're doing propaganda, you could I, I guess you could do that there instead of well, all getting interviews from then. But exactly. It's all propaganda. So I don't it doesn't make sense. That's their number one propaganda network for for these uh, these so-called elites. That's their number one propaganda network. Why wouldn't you go on their echo chamber? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you dictate to their audiences on CNN? Uh, all all 50 of them that watch it. Why 
why, why wouldn't you do that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Jeff Bezos, who led the charge to uh, to get there, he led the convoy of over 400 private jets to get there. His was only 65 million. His his Gulfstream only cost him 65 million. Um, he flew by a private jet there, uh, as well as Charles. Charles flew by a private jet. Of course, he was he was in Rome, of course, to uh, to meet with a delegate uh, delegations down there and meet with the Pope as well. Um, and he flew his entire entourage back to Scotland so he could attend uh, and be one of the speakers there. Of course, you heard him yesterday. We played a clip of him saying that we need a military style. Mil- excuse me. <clears throat> where's where's Marty when I need him? We need a military style, military style response. Whatever. I, I just can't do that. I can't mm, do the accent mm. that Charles has. It's one of a kind. It, um, it's very it's very posh and arrogant is what it comes across it as. It is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been trained many years to do that. Of course, he has to be taking more of a center stage now because I don't think his mother is going to make it very much longer. I think she she's not attending the COP26 because under advice of her doctors, she needs to rest. Do you remember when I told you when she was we were playing videos of her walking through Windsor Castle that night with Charles and Gates and Carrie and yeah. everybody mm-hmm. else? I said, you see that walk right there? She's not going to make it much longer. Uh, whenever they get that walk like that, uh, they're not going to make it much longer. Bezos flies by private jet to have a cup of tea and a climate change chat with Prince Charles. Can you imagine being a fly on a wall during that conversation? Oh, I'd like to hear what was going on in there. Of course, Bruce, you see the you see the press here. Yeah, you see them there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you see that they were having a nice cup of tea and they were discussing climate change because they care, you see. Yeah, Um. Sure. Bezos met with Prince Charles Sunday in a massive mansion. Of course, that's because that's for the earth, you see, in a, in a massive mansion there. Of course, I'm, I'm sure that that's, you know, that, sure you that that's kind of allowed to have. No, you, you yeah. won't be. No, of course not. You won't be allowed to have that. And of course, I'm mm-hmm. sure that that mansion is heated 365 days a year when no one is in it. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you still have the maintenance staff. Uh, so of course. You, you, yeah, of you course. have to keep it comfortable for them. Yes, of so, course. You know. Of course. Yeah. Uh, massive mansion near Glasgow for a cup of tea and a chat about climate change after both of them arrived in private jets. Bezos touched down in Scotland on Sunday at Prestwick Airport in a $65 million Gulfstream plane. Just one of 400 private jets to land at the airport ahead of the COP26 summit. I, I was just thinking, um, do we, uh, out of curiosity, do we know the square footage of the interior of uh, one of those aircraft? Because I, I no. was just thinking that it's you're you're question. only allowed you're only allowed 200 square feet for a family of four, well-to-do family of four. 250. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, two hundred. Is it two fifty? Okay, two hundred fifty for a okay. well-to-do family okay. of four. Yes. Uh huh. Um. So I'm curious if uh, the interior of that aircraft is bigger than that. Well, I see, Bruce. People like them, they don't have a choice. You know, they have to mm-hmm. attend these things. You see, they, they have mm-hmm. to attend them because they're doing this for you. It's, it's not for them. Mm-hmm. They're doing this for you. They're doing this for me. They're doing this for the entire planet. I mean, don't, don't you want a benevolent mm-hmm. group of individuals such as how am I doing with this? Such as this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be able to make the decisions that we, the little people, we just can't make because we're not responsible enough and we don't know how. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about all of that, um, the square footage thing. And, you know. When you look at all the locations that they're at and the, the what they say we can and can't have, it, it, it seems interesting that every one of the locations that they're at is a larger location or dwelling than you can possess yourself. The single room that they're in there sitting around having tea in is probably bigger square footage wise than what you're allowed to have. 
in the in the coming years. Uh huh. And they're probably just, drinking just, tea just that you will. Yeah, and they're probably drinking tea that you'll never be able to afford. I might add. Yeah. Bezos' social media page quickly filled up with images of him and his wife lounging in the luxurious mansion with the heir to the British throne, waxing lyrical about how they're fighting climate change. This is Jeff Bezos' tweet on the matter. The Prince of Wales has been involved... Listen to how he talks about... The Prince of Wales has been involved in fighting climate change and protecting our beautiful world far longer than most. We had a chance... What else would he do if Charles didn't have this ridiculous uh, task that's been given to him by the damn central banks? What else would he do? He wouldn't do anything. He'd be sitting off in, in some corner somewhere managing a charity and everybody'd be laughing at it. That's what he'd be doing. That's what any royal who means nothing would be doing. They'd be managing a charity and no one would care about them because they're nobodies. They're not somebodies. They're nobodies. I don't like royalty, if you couldn't tell. I, I'm really not too fond of, uh, of monarchies for good reason, for damn good reason, for this garbage right here like this. We had a chance to discuss these important issues on the eve of COP26, looking for solutions to heal our world and how the Bezos Earth Fund can help. Is this a new charity that he's now created for himself to launder his money, just like Gates and the rest of these people? That sounds to me like that's exactly what it is. You launder it using climate change and you don't have to pay any taxes. You know, you always hear the, uh, the, the radical left and these elites talk about tax the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich. You think they're calling on the governments around the world and the banks around the world to tax themselves? Are you that naive? Are people that naive? You actually think they're going to lobby for taxes higher on themselves? No, no. You never hear them criticize. You never hear the banks criticize. You never hear the media or the lawmakers or any of them criticize the tax-exempt foundations, do you? Think about why that might be. So luxury yachts, of course, Bezos has one of those. I actually talked to somebody who saw one of theirs last year. Actually, I, I know somebody who saw one of his yachts last week uh, off the coast of wherever they were. Uh, they were. I think they were in Thailand or something. Uh, speaking of luxury super yachts, Bezos, along with 50 other guests, were flown in helicopters from Bill Gates's $2 million a week rental super yacht this weekend to the See Me Beach Club just off the coast of Turkey uh, for Gates on his 66th birthday. The Daily Mail reported on the story, noting that the jet fuel used to power helicopters emits 21.095 pounds of carbon dioxide per gallon burned. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, another thing on that, uh, they, they're also talking about how they will not, uh, Charles was saying he wouldn't fly to a certain location unless he was guaranteed that the, the aircraft fuel that was used is a renewable source and all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm not, I haven't done the full research on this for aircraft fuel, but I know for using renewable fuels for like diesel, for example, I know the emissions are higher than if you used uh, fossil fuels. I'm I'm wondering is the uh, is the fuel they're using for uh, aircraft that's quote unquote renewable is that cleaner or is it dirtier than because they don't talk about that they just talk about it's no. a renewable source mm -hmm. so I'm curious when you burn it does it emit more CO two or even that's a really carbon good question. monoxide that's a really good question I I think you might be able to find your answer in plain view do you remember last week the UK it was reported that they examined one of their wood burning power stations and they found that it emitted more co2 than a coal burning station <laughs> the power station so 
Maybe, yeah. right? Because they were just saying, oh, it's a renewable resource that we're using uh, for, for energy. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it creates more CO2 than burning fossil fuels. Uh, Gates, who was also at the conference, also spent the weekend choppering between the resort and the super yacht some 60 miles away, which emits, listen to this, 7,020 tons, 7,020 tons of carbon dioxide per year, or 19 tons per day. To give you an idea, he summed this up in a TED Talk, and I want to say that it was about 20 tons per Swedish citizen per year of CO2 emissions. That is combined over all of their daily activities, all of their lives, the services and everything else that, that a citizen requires. Around, I want to say it was around 20 tons per year. I could be wrong on that. We might have to go back and check that. But around 20 tons per year. 20 tons per year. This guy's burning that in a day in a day and he and he's up there on the stage talking about how we need to reduce the world's population through use of vaccines and healthcare and abortions because they're burning uh, 20 tons a, a year per person and he's burning that a day it's a bit hypocritical don't you think what country were there, uh, were we referencing Sweden. here Sweden okay that's what I did uh on average co2 emissions per capita in Sweden are equivalent to 4.54 tons per person <laughs> Oh, wow, it's less than that. <laughs> and he's burning 19 tons a day? Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 based on popular. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's just what what a scumbag. What an absolute scumbag. Man, we, you know, and I, I sit here and I talk about degenerates and losers. I mean, those are, those are, I guess those are derogatory terms. You can put labels on people. You can say that's juvenile or whatever. But am I wrong? Am I really wrong? Look at how these people behave. They, they behave like they, they behave and they live like like pigs. And then they turn around and they dictate to you on how you're going to live your life from the policies that they set and put restrictions on you. But yet it doesn't affect them. Yeah. Uh, Sweden, this is 2016. So it's a few years old. Their data. Fair. The entirety of the country produced 44.6. Uh, well, uh, let's see. 40. OK, that's a million. OK, 44 million tons. The entire country at mm -hmm. 44 million tons. Okay. Uh, so that equates out to being four and a half, roughly, per person. Uh-huh. And, and Gates is burning 19 tons a day. That's just on his yacht. That's just on his yacht and his helicopters. And on his yacht and his helicopter to get That's it. That's it. Not including the the others that attended their airlines, mm -hmm. nope. the presidents, uh, you know. No. Nope. And that doesn't include Gates's other activities throughout the year. That doesn't include his... Uh, his energy usage at his homes. I mean, God knows how many of his houses he has. The vehicles that he has, the way that he travels, the security that he has to have, you know, all that stuff. Doesn't include any of that. I mean, it doesn't include his uh, his little projects that he's got going with his companies or whatever business venture he's involved in. Doesn't include his, uh, uh, his eating habits, his spending habits. No, it doesn't include any of that. No. But see, you... You, the little peasant, you're going to live how he tells you to live because you're saving the earth. Right. Sure. And our climate czar uh, traveling by private jet as well. Well, he has to. Uh, yeah, he is, has to. You know, he, yeah. he doesn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. like him, they don't, they don't have a choice. Conservative estimates show that the private jets landing in Glasgow for the COP26 meeting will emit 13,000 tons of carbon dioxide. Thirteen. Let me say that again. The private jets landing in Glasgow for the COP26 meeting will emit 13,000 tons of carbon dioxide. The jets arriving in Scotland on Sunday alone caused an air traffic jam, which meant that some jets had to land to drop off 
or disgorge their passengers <laughs> or vomit out their passengers, whatever, however you want to, however you want to take it, uh, and then take off again empty and fly up to 30 miles elsewhere to find a space to land again just to park. Uh, th- that sounds uh, very minor- environmentally friendly. Um, Doesn't it? You're causing a... Uh, wow, that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> They're saving the planet by killing it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Normally, I would sit here and say that's unbelievable, but it's not considering the people that w- and the, the quality of people we're talking about. I want to play this clip and then we're going to move on. Uh, this is the head of the EU, Ursula von der Leyen, uh, talking about Bill Gates at the COP26 summit. I'm also very pleased to launch today, together with Bill Gates and the oh, European yes. Investment Bank, the uh-huh. EU Catalyst Program. It is worth 1 billion euros. It's a program that will finance industries, innovation, breakthrough innovation, to bring the newest climate technologies to the market in Europe. Immediately after this session, Bill and I will launch this new initiative. Yeah, that's because uh, no one else will come out and take the stance. So they're just going to put some puppet like you out there. Uh, Okay, so let me get this straight. The centralized mechanism of Europe, who has bankrupted this entire continent, is now going to... Uh, what what did she say? Uh, we're going to focus on new in, new breakthrough innovations. That means you're going to pick winners and losers when you yourself have completely lost. You have failed this entire continent. You have failed 500 million people on the continent of Europe. And now you're going to pick a winner? Give me a yeah. break. Give me a break. I mean, the Obama administration was trying to do that. And their wind and solar initiative. And it I mean, it didn't seem like America really cared or paid attention to the fact that the companies that they invested in went bankrupt within five years. I don't think anybody really. That's a gangster right there. If you've got a $10 billion solar company that goes bankrupt overnight and nobody knows where the money went, that's called a gangster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just real quick, I was I was crunching numbers on I was trying to find the numbers on uh, a Boeing 747 because that's what Air Force One is. It's a Boeing 747. Uh So I was curious what the fuel usage consumption was for it, right? For a 530 kilometer flight, okay, that's about 10,000, almost 11,000 kilograms of fuel, which equates out to being 33 tons of CO2. So you're releasing 33 tons of CO2 for 530 kilometers. So there you go. You can do the math if you're curious. That's um. Well, they're saving the earth. Yeah. All right. That's that's enough about that. Let's move on. All right, uh, Bruce. uh, before go we on. move on, one uh, more one more thing. Uh huh. Yeah, go that on. equates that equates out to three hundred and thirty six cars, basically. So so if you uh-huh. were to fly, it would equate out to about seventy nine kilograms of uh, CO two per person on a, on that flight uh, versus riding in a car, which is ninety eight kilograms. So you could you could transport three hundred and thirty six people in a car and equal out the same as a, a 747 with 416 passengers or whatever their capacity was. I, I, I point that out because that 336 cars kind of looks like the caravan that I was ready to say, was, this, was that the caravan that we saw from uh, from the U.S.? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. with that amount of people, that sounds about right. Yeah. OK, Virginia. Let's talk about Virginia. Why is Virginia so much of a focal point in the United States. Why, why is that a big deal now? Because it was a red state. It then went to a blue state. And now uh, the governor's seat is um, 
being well contested, shall we say, the um, Democrat is saying you as the parent, you have no right to really have any say in your child's education. So you're, you're, you're to stay out of their education. It's the state's job. And the Republican says otherwise. And uh, the numbers seem to be OK. So the polls are saying uh, the Republicans winning by two to four percent, roughly. That's uh, obviously a poll. And that's within the margin of error. Uh, but the, the problem is, is we all know what happened the last major election here in the U.S. almost a year ago. So l- let me get this straight. OK, so it's not it's not Governor Ralph Northam, who's the current Virginia governor. It's not him. This is somebody that's going to be replacing him on the ticket. And they're running against this Youngkin uh, fella. Is that yeah, right? it's it's um, Youngkin and McAuliffe, I think. OK, McAuliffe is the. Uh, Democrat, uh, if I if I'm remembering offhand correctly, and Young can okay, so see. again, why why is this a big deal? They're they're making a big deal out of this. This is that you would think that this is a national election going on in the state of Virginia, but it's not. This is a state election. They they seem to be as in when I say they, I'm talking about like the Democrat National Committee, the DNC. They seem to be taking a very strong interest in what's going on in that state, and they have a vested interest in keeping a hold on that state. What's so significant about keeping a hold on the state? I, I don't understand. Is it just that their progressive um, agenda is is in danger of being stifled? Is that is that all this is? Because you're, you're yeah. talking about this, uh, this candidate that's running here and saying, well, we need to keep parents out of the classrooms. And he's got campaign signs out. I saw the campaign signs. We saw some of them the other day. He's got campaign signs out in people's yards and businesses all across the state saying, uh, vote for me, we'll keep parents out of the kids' classrooms. Why on earth would you want to keep the the parents out of the classrooms? It wasn't until this debacle of this COVID-19 pandemic, which forced children into virtual learning, did the parents finally wake up and understand what their children were actually being taught. Then it became a real problem because the parents are now listening to the Zoom calls or whatever it was that they were on, and they're saying, what are they teaching you? I'm sorry. You're learning about uh, critical. Uh, what what theory is this? We're not okay with this. Yeah. And so now, and 1619 and all yeah, that 16, stuff. Yeah, 1619, all that stuff. The, yeah. The um, uh, God, the the sex ed that the, oh, yes. the kids are being taught there yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I seen some of the from a, a well known podcaster yesterday. I watched his uh, podcast. And they went over some of the material that's handed out there. And let's just say if we were on YouTube, it would be considered child pornography. That's that's the level that it was. I mean, it was pretty grotesque, uh, the stuff they're they're handing out to minors. You would go to prison if you gave a minor that. You know, I, I um, often wonder. Yeah. I, I often wonder because, you know, I, I hear comments coming out of the Chinese uh, president, uh, Xi Jinping, who is... We call him a president. Uh, do you know what he's actually? He's not called a president in China. He's actually called a uh, chairman. You know, chairman Xi Jinping. Gee, I wonder why they call him that. Um, I hear him making statements at these global summits and conferences and everything all the time. You you hear him. Uh, China will never bully or intimidate or invade another country. Blah blah blah. Right? Uh, fine. You know what that means? That means China's bullying, invading, and menacing other countries. That that's what that means in in Marxist doublespeak. That's what that means. I wonder. What would happen in China if you would promote this type of curriculum to a student body? What do you think would happen? Yeah, now, you uh, wouldn't make it long. No, you wouldn't make it long. But th- see, this this goes to a larger point. This and I, I, we were going to do it today, but I just didn't have the time to get it all together today. But I promise I'm going to get it get it together for tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to talk about ideological subversion, and we're going to play 
some interviews and a debrief from a former KGB agent in the Soviet Union named Yuri Bezmenov. And I want you to listen to what he describes as what it takes to ideologically subvert another nation. What's been the biggest threat to the West, not just America, but to the West since the end of the war? It was communism, right? That was our biggest threat. You know, the Cold War against the Soviets? Up until that time, we had the House American, or excuse me, the House Committee on Un-American Activities. You know, HUAC, we're going to talk about that. We had the FBI's resources, the full weight of the FBI, when it was actually a decent organization, was dedicated to hunting down communist cells that were trying to subvert the United States and Western allies. That's what the Soviets wanted to do. Before we get too far, real quick, uh, yeah, I want to interject and point mm -hmm. something else out uh, about Virginia. Um, there's one more little piece to the puzzle, Loudoun County. That is the, uh -huh. for those that may not remember, Loudoun County is the uh, boy in a skirt that raped multiple girls. Uh -huh. That was Virginia. And the yeah, school that, district was covering that up. Uh-huh. That's another and, well, little puzzle to that. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, former President Barack Obama said that anybody that's claiming that that's going on, oh, they're just making it up. Yeah, they're, they're just making it up. But, okay, yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to get off too far off track there. But the, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because education is key to ideological subversion. They're running in... When I say they, I'm talking about the Democratic Party. They're running in the state of Virginia to keep the parents out of the classrooms. Why? Because they want to ideologically subvert the children and the up-and-coming generation and turn them into what they are, Marxists. But we'll talk about that tomorrow in further detail. But in the meantime, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You look like you want to say something before I before I go on there. Uh, I uh, you, you said they're Marxists, and I would uh, I was also going to throw in pedos as well. But uh, anyway. oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're going to see where the, a lot of this agenda is coming from. But regardless, OK, like I said, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But here's what's going to happen. This is what I'm saying. This is this is my call, because this is what we do uh, in the United States, because we haven't fixed the problem from the 2020 election. We have not fixed that problem. I, I don't know what more has to be said to the mainliners that are giving these talks about, uh, well, yeah, we're going to throw a thump into this party in the next election, and boy, they fear the midterms. No, they don't. Not in my opinion, they don't. They don't fear it because they've got in a system that they will never lose with. We haven't fixed the problem of 2020. We haven't fixed election integrity in the United States. So why are we still banking on the fact that we're going to come out clean with elections? Why do we still believe that? If anything that has happened with our election process, our electoral process, or lack thereof, then what's his name? Uh, Yunkin, who is the, the, the Republican candidate, he'll be winning when everybody goes to bed, and they'll stop counting at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, or whatever it is. And then the next morning, tomorrow morning, when everybody wakes up, oh, it was a landslide in the middle of the night. You know, we, we found all these ballots, and well, he won by, by 47,000 votes or, or 100,000 votes or whatever it was. Because we didn't get to that one section of that that one ward in that one county over there, and uh, and we got to that, and that's just the way it is. Sorry, thanks for playing. They were they were having difficulty with their uh, voting machines, so it was a little delayed getting that data right. in. So right. yeah, and of course uh, we, we, we don't we have voting it. day anymore. We now have voting yeah. week and voting month. Right, right. Yeah, this these things. They, and of they, course, we have to feed people and and give them water really, and, and coffee and donuts. Right. And, you know, well, everything. the mail-in ballots we have to count as well. Right. I mean, we right. still have those. Yeah. 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 And that, that could take mm -hmm. weeks. That that could that could yeah. take weeks to to get all that back. I I will be surprised if Youngkin wins. 
I'll be surprised. I, I think McAuliffe's going to win. Even though the polls are supporting Youngkin winning. The polls were supporting Trump winning by a massive landslide. And you saw what mm -hmm. happened. We didn't mm -hmm. fix the problem. We have not. What, what part of this does not do, do people not understand? If we don't have elections, I don't care who sits in the White House. I don't care. I don't care who sits in the state house of what state. I want it to be fair, period. End of story. I want free and fair elections. If Bernie Sanders wins the presidency of the United States and he does it fairly, that's our problem. I will tip my hat to that and say, all right, well done. This is how stupid people have become. So let's get through this as painlessly as possible and we'll move on to the next one. That's not what's happening. We haven't fixed the election integrity. I don't trust the election system in America right now. And of course, that's what the people that have subverted it want. They don't want you to have faith in your system. And that's not where I want to be. I want the system restored. I want these voting machines taken out and smashed with a hydraulic press, and I don't want them to be used ever again. I want paper ballots with carbon copies that people can hold. That's what I want. So if there's any kind of a recall that's ever needed, guess what? Everybody has their own copy of what they voted for. That's the only way you can do it. And the only reason I say that is because that's what works. So uh, when in fault or excuse me, when in doubt, when it comes to vaccine mandates, well, you never admit fault, right? What do you do? You double down if you're a government. German companies are creating segregated lunchrooms for vaccinated and, un and unvaccinated people. Now, see, it's not the governments now. Now, see, it's the companies. Bayer or Bayer, if you're one of our German listeners, Bayer, you know, the uh, pharmaceutical company, you know, Bayer Aspirin, everybody knows it, Bayer Aspirin. They are creating uh, what they call canteens here, which is, you know, the places where they sit down and eat lunch. Uh, they're creating uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated. If you're vaccinated, you don't have any problem. You can sit over here. That's good. If you're unvaccinated, oh, no, 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 no. See, you gotta, you're one of the others. You got to sit over there in the corner. You got to sit in the corner and you're going to be partitioned from everybody with those plastic dividers. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's going to be it. Now, never mind the fact that in the country where they're doing this, according to their version of the CDC, more than half the people that require hospitalization right now are double vaccinated. More than half of the people that are over the age of 50 that have died are double vaccinated. And you know what? I know some people that are double vaccinated that are down sick right now. They are really sick. Now, that's not to say that they have COVID. They've had tests and they've tested negative, but they are really sick. So like I said, when in doubt, yeah, you never admit fault. You never, you never, um, you never want to do that. So you double down. The government here has announced that there will be massive new restrictions on unvaccinated people. Show me the data that shows that that's where the problem's coming from. Show me one study, something. Sh show me that. I'm still waiting for that. Of course, Merkel's saying that. I don't even think she's there anymore. Doesn't she have to be at like a climate summit somewhere speaking about something? I mean, don't you have to be like hiring a staff because you're you're retired now. So why, why, why are you even speaking? I, I'm just curious because she took an exit speech the other day. She was she was sawing out. Now she's the uh, uh, the chancellor of, of whatever, of, you know, on the side until they can form a government. So like what? Why? Why? Are you, what? So the, the banks are going to lay it on you because you're on your way out. That's the only thing I can surmise here is they're going to let you take the hit for the bad policy and not the incoming government that's actually going to be worse uh, because you haven't actually fixed the problem. So it's the only thing I can guess here. I, I just wanted to throw in uh, about doubling down. Colorado is seeing a large increase of uh, hospitalizations with uh, ill people. 80% of their populace is uh, vaccinated, uh, but the hospitalization is uh, supposedly on the rise there, allegedly. So uh, they're, they're, all, they're all sick, but um, it's not COVID-19, of course. It's something else.
Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, see that there's a fourth wave that is just it's gripping everything over here. Is a fourth wave. It's just it's out of control. It's just it's out of control. They got to do something. You know, the government has to step in and, and do something to to stop the fourth wave. You see? Yeah, right. And of course, you know how well that worked out in Australia, right? This is what is being said by uh, what's her name, uh, Gladys, whatever the hell she is down there in New South Wales. Listen to this. They're seeing about the same numbers down there when it comes to vaccinated and unvaccinated. Listen to this. Of the impact that COVID is having, having on the community. In terms of um, deaths, uh, sadly, we're reporting the deaths of four individuals, two men in their 50s, one man in his 60s and one man in his 70s. One man was from Western Sydney, one man was from southwestern Sydney and one man was from Wollongong and one man was from Newcastle. Three had received one dose of COVID vaccine and one had received two doses of the COVID vaccine. The gentleman in his 70s died at the Tarawana Aged Care Facility north of Wollongong where he acquired his infection and he had received two doses of the COVID vaccine and it's the fifth death linked to this outbreak. And can I extend my condolences uh, to... Sounds to me like the vaccine is the what's, uh, is what is uh, the culprit here. I mean, it seems that 100% of the people that you just named were all vaccinated. Yeah, uh, it's almost like um, the vaccine only works against the alpha and beta variant and it does nothing for the majority of the delta variant. Uh, or any of the other variants like Mu, Epsilon, Eta, I mean, any of those. It's almost like we encouraged or tricked a uh, virus into evolving its targeting receptors to bypass the, the vaccine. It's, it's, it's almost like we're triggering these uh, new variants. It's kind of like what the doctor from Florida said at this point. He says it's got to be pretty painfully obvious to you that the variants are coming from the vaccinated people. So, I mean, it kind of kind of stands to reason. Uh, this is a uh, press conference that, oh, excuse me, an attempted press conference from uh, uh, the uh, the drug user down there in uh, in New Zealand. Uh, what's her name? Ardern or whatever, whatever she is. She's asked some questions there at her press conference saying, wait a minute, uh, you're you're telling people that they have to go out and get vaccinated. All the all the world leaders now, all the way around the world, they're all doubling down, saying, oh, we got to go after the unvaccinated, got to go after the unvaccinated. Why? Why? Show something somewhere. Reference a paper somewhere, because you're all about science and data and evidence. Reference a paper somewhere that shows that that's the problem. See, they can't hide this ugly number anymore. They've tried to bury this and cover it up and and paper over these uh, th- these these problems that all this stuff is creating. But now it's just coming to a head. So this is what happened at that press conference. She's being questioned by somebody that's asking real questions. You've got all these countries that are that are the highest vaccination rates and they got the highest case rates. Why are you pushing this so hard? Listen to this. And what I'd say is that we're all actually completely on the same page when it comes to driving vaccinations and making sure that we're doing everything that we can uh-huh. to reach people that we need to. Why is this is an issue of this is an issue not working in Israel. Sir, I'm going to ask. I'm going to answer the questions of the accredited media. Also in the UK. Sir, I will shut down the press conference if you do not cease. It's rude. It's a lie. Sorry to our accredited members of uh, the Accredit. gallery here. 
We might move to an inside venue. Unfortunately, we've got someone who's disrupting your press conference today, so we might reconvene. Can't Thank ask you. a real question. Yeah, we can't ask a real question. Yeah, let, let's get some of these uh, these teardrop signs for uh, family vaccinations and everything else behind us uh, and take into the place where we can restrict Sorry, people from we coming just in. try and flop it. Go inside and then yeah. hold it there yeah. just so that we can have it in a bit more quiet. Okay. Yeah, let's have it a bit more quiet and so we can control what people hear. if you and you feel like you need to re-record, uh-huh. we can do that inside. Yeah, we can just re-record it later. That'd be great, yeah. I'm going to go to the bathroom and then... Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. That's information we didn't need to hear. Uh-huh. Um, out of curiosity, um, was that individual that was throwing out those questions, were they legitimately sincere or was that... I don't know. Controlled I opposition. I honestly don't know. At this point in time, you don't know. That's the thing. But nonetheless, that was a legitimate question to be asked, whether it was controlled opposition or not. It was a legitimate question to be asked. Israel has the highest vaccination rate in the world, or at least part of it. I think there's a couple of places that are not nation. I think nationwide, I think that uh, that Israel's the most. It's like seventy something percent. I think that are uh, that are vaccinated. Highest case rates. It's not working there. So what makes you think that it's going to work anywhere else? Oh, because it I mean, because we said it will. Uh, it'll work here. I mean, if you do as you're told, it'll work. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. It's a matter of that that 30 percent there in Israel isn't doing as they're told. So clearly it's their fault that the, the entire country is seeing um, rises in COVID. But again, they're they're creating the two tier society. They're they're doing it on purpose. Mm. I mean, it's it all of this is being yeah. done on purpose. The destroying of the supply chains, the creating of the two tier system, uh, and everything else. They are the ones that are creating it. They are the segregationists. They are the discriminators. They're not uniters. They're not people that believe in fairness and equality and everything else that they preach. They're the antithesis of everything that they say that they are. But you don't have the right to go around and infect other people. That's because they made it about that. It's just a talking point. It's a spouse. It's nothing more. There's no scientific data to support that. However, however, now I think with this this massive uh, jab campaign that they've put together, what was the myth of asymptomatic spread is no longer a myth, is it? Uh, no. Well, yes and no. Uh, so some of, for example, um, the Delta variants, some of them the vaccine does partially work against. Uh, and that is legitimately the case. It it does cause asymptomatic spread because it does keep the person from getting uh, symptoms and they do legitimately spread. Um, but then <laughs> there's also uh, a, an, another possibility in this scenario. Uh, part of the problem that I'm, I'm saying it's a possibility and I'm not saying that this is legitimately the case or isn't the case is because we can't get any data on this because nobody will research it. And even if they did research it, it wouldn't be allowed to come to the public. But um, the shedding of uh, the vaccine that could easily be causing uh, cases. So, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's um, it, 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 I don't, it doesn't work. It, none of this narrative works. It, it doesn't make any sense to continue it. But here we are. But it doesn't matter. It's too late. I mean, they they've they've created everything. As I said the other day, they've created everything based on on lies, and it's supported by a bunch of idiots. <laughs> so even it's the, like they, the thing is, is even if they had the data, though, even if the data supported that the vaccines were a hundred percent effective, and this was the the lockdowns and the mask mandates were a hundred percent effective, it was guaranteed that it was going to stop the virus. You have no constitutional right to mandate someone take a vaccine, wear a mask, or lock down. You cannot do that legally. So no matter what the science says, whether it, it, it works or doesn't work, it does not matter. 
you cannot force someone into uh, into these uh, situations. You know, I was I was listening to somebody the other day who in in America who has some friends that are in the medical profession, as in like doctors and things. And when they pose the question to these doctors about the Nuremberg Code, it's almost like it doesn't exist. It's like they never they've never even heard of it. You mean to tell me? within this short amount of time that we have people in the medical profession that are supposed to know better, don't even understand this? You, you I, don't understand? I was never taught it. I was never taught that. I, I actually learned about it through documentaries that I watched, like, you know, the military channel and uh, the history channel and all of those that okay, go granted. over the stuff like World War II stuff. Okay, That's granted. how I know. Granted, but I would classify you and myself as well. I mean, we, we don't have professions where we're dealing with, with anything like that. We're not dealing in, in medical stuff or, or anything to that nature. We're not uh, administering right. or advising people in medical practices or anything like that. We're not licensed to do that. We're not educated to do that. So therefore, we don't know that. The only way we would know that would be two ways. One, if we were taught, or two, if we learned about it ourselves, right. as you just said. So I wouldn't put us in the medical profession. If you're a medical professional, that should be, or at least I would think that that would be required in the modern era. And it's not. You, you'd think it would be. Yeah, that, that does seem like that would be kind of a, an important detail to go over. Everything you know? that's happened is is breaking international law. Every single one of these sorry bastards who has contributed to this should be held accountable for this under that statute. Uh, uh, nothing more. You don't have to go any further than that. You can hold them in violation of the Nuremberg Code. It's that simple. There's 10 points to that code. They're violating all 10 of them. All 10 of them. Not one, not two, not three, not five, not eight. All 10 of them. You want to legitimize any kind of international criminal court that we have like The Hague? Then you drag these people before it. But let's be honest, that's not going to happen, is it? That's not going to happen because the same people that are perpetuating this are the ones that are in control of that court. They own the court. So once they fall, oh, and believe me, they're going to fall because they're stretched entirely too thin at this point. And those movements across Europe are getting larger and the movements across the United States are definitely getting larger. They are going to fall. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to create new international courts on the other side of this to prosecute these people. You notice that they're not paying any attention to the protests. They haven't been paying any attention to them for a very long time. And they're just moving ahead on other fronts. They're moving ahead with climate change. I mean, we talked about all the hypocrisy. They're moving ahead with that. Not one mention of COVID or anything at that conference at all. Not one mention of it. It's like it doesn't exist because it doesn't. It's just what they push on you to keep you confused, restricted, miserable, depressed, anxious, and hopeless. They own the media to keep that in line. They own the social media companies, again, to keep you in line. You've got to be able to detox from that system. You've got to spit yourself out of that system. You've got to remove that tumor that has taken over your life. You've got to get off Facebook. You've got to get off of the TV. You've got to get off of the entertainment. And you've got to think for yourself. I, I would push back just a little bit and say, I agree you need to get off of it, but I don't think that's good enough. I'm not really sure what the correct action would be. Because here, here's, here's the problem we're running into. If we retreat, who else is going to be, what other voices are they, is going to exist on those social media platforms? Okay. Fair, I, fair. I understand that they're silencing us, but it's the same, same way with like Hollywood music. I mean, all the venues everywhere that conservatives typically, we, we, we pull back and we're like, okay, it, this is going crazy. Let's just back out. We're, we're, we're pulling out of these locations and we're just handing it over to them. Maybe it's time that we 
instead of pulling out, maybe it's the time we make a stand. And if they kick us out, we create our own platforms that welcomes all and doesn't silence people. Don't create an echo chamber, but create a medium for any voice to be heard. We have those platforms. I mean, you have platforms out there that that welcome all, such as you've got, I'm just going to name a few. You've got Telegram, you've got Gab, you've got, uh, I think Parler's still doing some, doing some stuff. They took a hit though. You've got Getter now. But the problem is, is that the system has become so polarized that you only have one side or the other now. It's 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 being forced into that 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 paradigm, that left right paradigm, and I don't like it. Uh, I, I want to hear I want to hear debate. I want to hear two people that don't agree discussing in a calm manner, not shouting at each other, on how to come up with some kind of a solution or find some common ground on something. But we can't. We can't because you have one side that wants to be reasonable. You have one side that wants to come to a, a, a middle ground and find solutions and, and coexist. You have another side that says absolutely no coexistence whatsoever. The radical unhinged ones in the United States and in Europe have said, we're not going to coexist with you. You can't make a deal with that, in my humble opinion. You can't. If they've already made a firm stance of no compromise, we're not going to coexist with you, then you have two options. You have two options. Your first option is you can ignore them. And quite frankly, I think if you're looking for a peaceful solution, at least in the short term, that would be the best thing to do. That's not to say that the problem is going to go the way, to go away. As a matter of fact, it would get 10 times worse because we've ignored the problem up to this point and look where it's gotten us. The second thing that could happen that could be a solution to this, and this will go into tomorrow's discussion, and unfortunately we're out of time today, so I'm, I'm just going to leave this one hanging here at the end. The second solution that I could see being an actual solution that would really solve a problem, or maybe it wouldn't, I don't know. We'll have to see where tomorrow's discussion will take us on it, would be secession. So for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week early for our Telegram subscribers. So get over there, get signed up to us so you get access to that content a little bit early. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you can give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. But that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.